fellow skiers and riders, and welcome to Last Chair, the Ski Utah podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. And thank you for joining me here in snowy Utah, where the storms just keep coming, adding to the snow depths. And a big welcome to our friends Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, one of Utah's favorite bands. Watch for some new music coming up later this winter. And let's give a big shout out to our friends at High West, Utah's first legal distillery since 1870. High West is passionate about crafting delicious and distinctive whiskeys and helping people appreciate whiskey, all in the context of our home here in the American West. When you're in town, visit one of High West's locations in Park City and nearby Wanship. Have a sip and toast to our last chair sponsor, High West. This week, we welcome back two longtime episode sponsors, Cooper Wynn and Park City Peaks. For more than four decades, Cooper Wynn Property Management has been matching skiers to vacation rentals in Park City. Check out Cooper Wynn as you plan your trip to Utah at PCLodge.com. And welcome to Park City Peaks, one of the greatest hotel values in Park City. Check it out at ParkCityPeaks.com. We've produced over 70 episodes of Last Chair over the past few years, but I don't think I've ever had so much fun with my guests than I did this week. What started out as an episode about diversity and inclusion in skiing and snowboarding turned into more of a dialogue about the core tenets of our sport and what makes it such a fun lifestyle. Mark Giles moved to Utah from Florida, where the closest that he came to skiing was a jet ski out on the water. Demita Duncan actually learned to ski as a young girl with the Jim Dandy Ski Club in Detroit. But moving to Utah, she thought it was a good idea to rediscover skiing. Together, they formed the core of the recently established Our Sundays Ski and Snowboard Club, which came about on the heels of Ski Utah's burgeoning Discover Winter program. Now in its third season, Discover Winter has introduced around 500 persons of color to skiing and snowboarding. Mark and Demita are great examples of Utah transplants who just wanted to explore new challenges in the mountains that they now call home. So we do learn a bit about diversity and inclusion in this episode of Last Chair. But we experience so much more in the sheer joy that Mark and Demita find in skiing. For all of us, it should be a wake-up call to think more about those things that attracted us to the sport, be that new challenges we undertake on the mountain or how to put on a great tailgate in the parking lot at Brighton. I hope you enjoy this episode of Last Chair and that it reminds you of the joy we all find in skiing and snowboarding. Now let's meet two of Utah's most passionate skiers, Mark Giles and Demita Duncan of Our Sundays. Welcome back to Last Chair. Got some great guests here today, Mark Giles and uh, Demita Duncan. Uh, like to welcome you to Last Chair. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having us. Appreciate you, Tom. We're going to talk about uh, diversity in skiing and a whole bunch of other things. We're going to talk about Ski Utah's Discover Winter Program, which is an amazing program. Before we dive into that, though, how's your ski season going so far? It's going great. I've clocked in, I think, about 15 days. So... Uh, I think for a beginner, I'm feeling pretty good about that. It's pretty awesome, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good as well. I'm shy of the meters 15, but I'm maybe around 10, 11. And what's beautiful about this ski season, to add on to it, is that I've been able to go out of state, outside of Utah, and ski mm-hmm. at Copper Mountain. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> That's New great. Levels. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I actually just got back from a trip to Europe, so put that on your list. Okay. I had a great experience. I do this every January right now. I worked with the U.S. ski team for 30-some years and went to a lot of places for races. And now my objective 
objective is to go back to all the places I missed and just have fun skiing. And, and I, I'm I'm really kind of meandering here a little bit, but one of the things that and I'm sure you guys have experienced this that why I like to go and travel and ski is that. To me, skiing is not just going down the runs and having that exhilarating experience. It's the whole cultural adventure, right? Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, for me, learning and jumping into skiing, I was unsure what I was getting into, right? Got into it, I learned. And then when I got my grips and the instructor was like, Mark, you have to be able to look up. Don't keep looking at your feet. Just don't. It was just a beauty that I've never seen before in all honesty. And just seeing how the snow was draping the, the other peaks and the other mountains off in the distance, it brought a sense of tranquility for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of tranquility and just calmness. I feel like there is nothing like knowing the night before that you're going to go skiing the next day and you get everything prepared or some things you already have prepared in like a backpack or something, but you get your clothes on the next morning and you're driving up the canyon and you get there and everybody has that same level of excitement that you do. Like they're excited to be out there and everyone's in a great mood. And so there's something about skiing that I think brings out or being outside in nature as well, brings out the best in people that helpful attitude that, I don't know, the, the, the shared enjoyment of being together in a space outdoors. And so that's what I really love about skiing. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a full experience. And then when you get on the mountain and then you're going down and everybody feels happy and at peace and you find that peace of tranquility that Mark is talking about and it feels incredibly freeing too, so. You know, I, I really love this because you're, Although I know we're going to talk about your history in the sport, Demito. I know you go back to when you were a young girl in uh, Detroit, but you're relatively new to the sport That's out, right. here, out here in Utah. So you have these really fresh thoughts. And I think for those of us, I've skied for 50 years, so I have my own kind of perceptions and things. But I think the biggest thing that I worry about sometimes myself is taking it for granted. So I love, Mark, what you said about your instructor telling you, don't look down at your feet, you know, just look ahead, which is a good technique thing to do. But I instantly was thinking about getting off the peak five lift at canyons and going down upper crowning glory, where I could look if kind of a narrowish run. I could look at my feet. I could look at the snow ahead of me. But if I put my head up, I'm looking out at the Uintas and I can see the snow-capped peaks that are 30, 40 miles away. And it just gives me that great feeling of being outdoors. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, I really love it. And I'm two years, maybe about two years. I learned in 22, 2022, about March. So I'm not that, I'm very, very new to the sport. I just want to make that clear. I'm new to the sport, but what I've felt while skiing, I've never felt elsewhere. What I've seen skiing, I've, I've never seen that elsewhere. And I can't get enough of it. And I wanted to add to what Demita was saying about waking up and, and getting out there early and <clears throat> everyone's mood getting lifted. I think the for me, the another piece of beauty in the sport is that no matter the level, we can all do it together, no matter the level, whether you're intermediate, beginner, advanced, or expert, as you would see on Snowbirds, <laughs> <laughs> the way they categorize it. Yeah, we can. it's something we can all share. I can do a longer run and meet you at where you may start or where you got off of, off of the lift. And, you know, maybe you could try the longer run with me and we'll just we'll make our way down there. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's a really good way to look at it. And 
you know, again, as a veteran skier, I just think we take these things for granted. So listeners, if you've been skiing there for a lot of years, you know, think about what Mark and Demeter are saying, because this is really what the sport's about. It's what got us all into it. Let's get into your backgrounds a little bit. And Demeter, you're from Detroit, by the way, and, and this is a Packer fan saying this, but, <laughs> oh boy. but go Lions. I was rooting yes, for the Lions. Lions. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they didn't get into the Super Bowl, but yeah. that day is going to come. But that was really fun to, mm-hmm. to see that. But give us a little sense of your background. You you actually were part of a really historic ski club. There. That's right. So uh, I was born in Georgia. My family, my mother, my younger brother and I, we moved to Detroit when I was about five years old. That's where all of my family is. And I was raised there up through college, went to Michigan State University. But when I was, in a, when I was a child, my grandfather, he had a huge impact on, I think, my perspective on being out in nature. And so when I was young, he and my mother said, hey, I, maybe we should sign up Demita in this ski clinic for children through the Jim Dandy Ski Club. And I was no more than maybe six, seven, eight. I don't remember. But I remember being bundled up and having on these uncomfortable ski boots at the time and, you know, just sliding on the snow. I remember it vividly. And so after that point, it just kind of went away because in Detroit, I don't live you don't live very close to ski resorts. And there apparently are very many in Michigan. And so when I was in college, there was another opportunity through a a club that I was a part of. And we went and it was a great time. And then I kind of put it in my back pocket because it wasn't a part of my immediate surroundings. And so when I had the opportunity to move out here to, excuse me, to Utah, it just seemed like the right thing to do. I love being outside. I actually started in hiking and camping and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, hey, we're in Utah. This is what Utahns do. And I tried it out. And what was wonderful is I found out about the Discover Winter program. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But that's kind of like my path to skiing. And it's been joyous, the full process. And I'm just happy. I'm so grateful that I've been afforded this opportunity to live in a place and also take advantage of the recreation of being a skier, right, in the mountains here. How about you, Mark? So I'm Trinidadian. That's that's my bloodline. That's I'm so West Indian. That's in the West Indies. So tropical. That is all I know. But I grew up in Bradenton, Florida. And the closest thing to skiing that I had was jet skiing. So <laughs> not know, very similar at all. You know, I'm on the water. I'm holding on to the jet ski and I'm 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 not doing tricks, but I'm still having fun. So nature was for me was a plenty of the plenty of beaches. Even walking through like trails and forests, because I lived in North Florida for a while where there are more foresty areas there. So, I mean, from North Florida, Tallahassee, ended up moving, accepting a job here in uh, Salt Lake City. And I moved here. That would have been summer of 2021. So summer 21, got through the summer because I'm used to hot weather, tropical weather. We entered the winter. I met some cool people doing throughout the uh, the time or my early time here, and they mentioned to me about the Discover Winter program, right? I thought it sounded cool. I said, that's great, but that is not me. That is, I'm not interested in putting, in my mindset, how I describe it, sticks on my feet and sliding down the mountain. So I learned about it and it was great. But within that time, Demita was one of the first people that I met when I moved out here in, in Salt Lake City to Utah. And so she with her phenomenal research ability, found the program on her own, and she went through the program. She told me about it, and I believe she signed me up for it. 
Is that right, Demeter? I did sign him up for it, and I told him about it after the fact. And I'm a type of person, like, I like adventure. So that was that was easy, but I'm also about commitment. So I saw it was four weeks on a Monday to learn at this place called Brighton that I never heard of. And I was fully intrigued, and I was interested. And somewhere I have pictures and videos of me just starting off. But that's how I came to the sport. And like I said earlier, when I started learning the first five minutes, it just felt like something different. And even within that, I know I needed something to get me through the winter because I've never lived in a place that snowed for, what, five months, six months sometimes? Well, last year it was forever. That's right. <laughs> sometimes forever, you know? So I needed something that, would, that can get me up and get me going. So at least... This is something I can, if I did it once a week, it's going to get me through the week. And so that's my beginnings of actually hitting the snow and putting on skis and uh, ski boots and, you know, utilizing the poles that come with it. I want to just uh, diverge from that a minute. You are a, a visual storyteller. Tell us a little bit about your work as a filmmaker. I've always, I've always done it. That's the thing. I've always done it. First grade. I was doing TV announcements, telling the whole elementary school about what's on the lunch menu. So it's always been a part of my life. Middle school, I did. They had some kind of club. I'm not sure how I got into it, but I got into it. And we would make videos that aired throughout the entire school. And even from that time, thinking about, thinking about it now, I don't think I've ever been asked this question. Like, I got recognized for, for doing something when I wasn't looking for the recognition. I was doing something that I enjoyed. But it came so easy to me that when I hit high school, I was like, maybe I should try something else because this is too easy. But somehow I found my way back to it. I always had a camera in my hand. So to the point now, you know, I've just I've done a lot of work for different brands, different companies. I freelance. I've filmed a documentary in, in Kenya that I've won an award for. So, you know, I'll be considered an award-winning filmmaker. But it's 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 a lot and but it's something that I love. So having the skills that I have and tying that into skiing, even though I'm I'm still learning and I'm getting better myself, I incorporate that in skiing. So I try to take pictures when I go up on the mountain with the people that I'm up there with. I try to get videos of them while they're doing their thing. And I try to do selfie videos as well. So that is what I love. I love stories. I love storytelling. But I try to incorporate that any chance I get into anything else that I am doing. Love that. Demita, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the Jim Dandy Ski Club. And just as a bit of history, it's quite an historic club. It was, I, I believe it was the first black ski club in America going back to the 50s. Yes, absolutely. So there, there's something really interesting about being black and taking advantage of nature. In Michigan, naturally, we have the Great Lakes. So people are always out doing something out there. And so when I found out about the Jim Dandy Ski Club, when I got a little bit older, it was like, oh, my goodness, this exists, you know, in a way that is palpable, in a way that expands who has access to these type of opportunities. They make it so that it is you can get discounted lift tickets or you can get discounted lessons and things of the sort. And so when I moved out to Utah, I already had that foundation of knowing that that ski club existed or something of the sorts being in operation. And so it was almost like, well, how do we kind of fill the gap here in Utah? 
And so ironically, when I was in the Discover Winter program, Henry was on the bus. He was riding up on the bus with us. One, um, this is Henry Rivers, that's the right. president of the National Brotherhood, right? That is, you are absolutely correct. And so he was giving his spiel about the National Brotherhood of Now Snow Sports. And he says, we need, we don't have any representation out here in Utah. And I said, I turned to him, I said, well, when is it going to happen? He was like, well, we need people like yourself to like make it happen. I was like, I don't know if that's going to be me. It, that was my exact thought. And so anyway, fast forward a year or so, or a couple years later, maybe. And I was like, well, maybe we could figure out what that looks like. By that point, we had organized trips to Brighton. This was just on our own accord, like not and, even. And for fun. Just, just because. For fun. Yeah. Because of what we do as our Sundays. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. We took it there and mm-hmm. we was like, well, let's do a tailgate That's right. at Brighton, which turned into two tailgates. Exactly. And so we were just doing that stuff kind of on our own. And it was such a great time. And we were like, well, maybe we should consider a ski club out here. And uh, got connected with the Rocky Mountain region of the National Brotherhood of Snow Sports. And they welcomed us with big old wide arms and we got all the paperwork and everything sorted out for that. And that's how we got to this point here. And it's just kind of taken off from that point. And it's been wonderful, to say the least, what we've been able to, what we've been exposed to being a part of MBS and having a chapter here now, but also what that allows us to do to share the sport with more people that live here in Utah. Yeah, it's an, it's, it's an amazing story. And we're going to talk more about the National Brotherhood. I, before we talk about NBS and about our Sundays, your club, uh, I want to talk a little bit about diversity. And, you know, it's, it's always a little bit awkward for us. I mean, I'm a white person who's been skiing for 50 years, and I take a lot of things for granted in the sport that I love. But a lot of us had a wake-up call in 2020 uh, with the George Floyd situation. And, you know, I know Henry Rivers, who we just spoke about, was president of the National Brotherhood at that, at that time. So he took a lot of calls from the ski industry, like what should we in the industry be doing? If you look at the statistics, and and they do vary from organization to organization, but the uh, National Skiers Association had the black skiing population as low as 1.5% of the total in in the U.S. And even if you look at people of color, it's it's really not much more than 10 or 20%. And, And I just, you know, from those of us who've been skiing for so many years, we're asking the questions, you know, what should we do? How can we be more welcoming? How can we embrace this sport a little bit? And then one other point I want to throw out, and then I'll turn it over to you guys to talk about. So we had the great snowboarding artist, uh, Lamont Joseph White, on the podcast last year, a few years ago. And, and one of the things that he brought out on this topic was he talked about culture and he talked about what different groups bring, you know, be that people of color, white people from different places, whatever, everyone brings a bit of culture. And so as we look at the diversity question in skiing, how do you guys look at that? And, 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 and how, how do you feel assimilating with this sport that has historically been white, but hopefully is being more embracing? Mm. Oh, that's loaded. So I'll start with the, how do you kind of make this more inclusive? And as it relates to diversity, one thing that I think is particularly special about the Discover Winter program. And I keep circling back because I do I do think it makes a huge impact in this in this question. Other sports, it is not as costly to even try it. I mean, you want to do tennis, all you need is a ball, a court, which in most places you could just go to a city court or or some or something of the sort and get a racket. 
which is why soccer has been so successful there you worldwide. Go. There you go. Because it literally is so easy to just try. But with skiing, that's not the case. And I think for black people, or I can only really speak for myself, but I'll say this, is that the cost or barrier to entry to try something and to try skiing is so high that I think that that is a, a very easy way to get people to not be interested in even just discovering if it works for them or not. And so I think that programs like the Discover Winter hit the mark because it says, you know what, we solved the issue around transportation. We solved the issue around you need the right clothing. We solved the issue around lessons. I mean, I had family come here in November of last year and they are quite affluent. They live out in L.A. And even when, when he came, my brother and sister-in-law and their two children, they were like, this is this is a heavy price tag. And they just wanted to come and just do it as a part of the experience of being out in Utah. So I say all of that to say that when we think about how we make a place more inclusive, how we think about diversity and being intentional on the mountain, it's how can we break some of the cost prohibitive barriers that can be a part of what that experience looks like. Once you kind of solve that issue, then you have people like myself, right, who said, hey, you know, what? I tried this out through a program of sorts. Now I'm willing to make the investment. Then the very next season, I got an icon pass, right? And then I rented my skis and I purchased boots because I hear in the in the world of skiing, first thing you do is purchase your boots. So I did that. And so those are some things that I just kind of encourage resorts and, or ski associations across the country to think about. It's not just the lessons or the rentals and things like that. It's really thinking about what is the full what are the full wraparound that can help make this more accessible for, for communities? And certainly I want to say this, that there are going to be pockets of black communities where that's not necessary. They can put out the money, right? But I'm talking about folks that are curious, but don't find the initial investment worth it, right? And so that is where I think we can we can do a little bit of a, a better job. So. Mark, thoughts to add to that? Yes. I mean, you know, if when, even if when we just think about Utah, some of the statistics that you just threw out reflect the, the whole state, right? You just, you spoke about the sport. But if we focus on the state for a while, I was, I was at Snowbird on a lift speaking with a, a mountain host. And he gave me some statistics. And he said that it's only 6% of Utahns utilize the mountains in skiing in the wintertime. So that means the other, what, 94 that's from all over the world, all over the place, right? So then when you break that down and you bring it a little bit closer, when we think about percentages, clearly the percent would be more white when we're talking about skiing than black. So then it goes back to what the meter's talking about. You have to have the initial investment should be worth it. The interest needs to be there. So if you can take out the investment and create a way where this person who has the interest, they want to do it, Discover Winner is a great uh, place and space to start. It's a great model. Yeah, a very great model. So, yeah, I mean, you just, you do have to think about interest. And then I guess I would easily say that the West have a certain demographic compared to the East. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of just tap, uh, tiptoeing on, on the statistics. So the likelihood of someone from the East who's maybe of Africa or 
African-American descent or black and fall into that category, having the opportunity where the majority is of a certain race and the mountains are out here, it's, it's limited. It's going to automatically be limited. That's true. And so your second question about culture. So Mark and I, we would just go skiing together because it was like a built-in ski partner. You know, you're like, all right, well, you learned, I learned, let's just go up. And so there have been times at different resorts where there would be like one other black person and you kind of do the the acknowledgement of like, you know, like I see you, you know. And so there is something to be said about the energy that black people bring to the mountain. Uh, Mark touched on earlier about tailgating. One time when we I was just kind of telling a little bit of story when we were at Brighton, we had a full setup, Tom. Like about we had six cars, <laughs> six cars, six small. cars worth of grills. <laughs> We had, we had grills and coolers. We had the coolers. What are the the camping stoves? We had camping yeah. stoves. Yeah. We had all of that, and I mean, Pots, we had pans, bacon, bowls, you know, chicken eggs. sausage, pork sausage, <laughs> eggs. The wait, 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 wait. When's your next one? <laughs> I know. So you are definitely invited naturally because I know that's where you're getting that. But I want to just put out on the topic of food. The meat will make the best pancakes. <laughs> Um, maybe she would well, like to share the breakfast and lunch. It was breakfast. it was a full breakfast before first chair, so <laughs> we were out there maybe. Five. Yeah, 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 we had yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. We let it digest and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Demita makes the best pancakes. <laughs> maybe she could tell you what the secret is. Whole um, stick of butter. There you go. But yeah, culture is uh, <laughs> culture is definitely a big part. It's a huge yes, it's which a is part of it. Mm-hmm. Why it works this partnership and what we've been able to do with Ski Utah, work with them. We've definitely created a culture because, like, the folks, they've been so excited and they keep telling us about it. And to be honest, they don't want it to stop. And that I I know that feeling and I I still have that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be clear, Tom, I don't take this for granted at all, you know, because it's such a a great feeling. And another thing I'll say, too, from the group that we the groups that we've had an opportunity to work with through our Sundays in partnership with Skew Utah through the Discover Winter program, a lot of them come from other urban areas, maybe even like suburban areas, but they are so dynamic. And it is incredible to me that, you know, this opportunity has led lawyers, scientists, people that have PhDs, engineers. I mean, that bus is like it's loaded. It's loaded. And it's, and it's included with mm-hmm. all ages of adults. Yes. There's no limitation mm-hmm. on the interest and mm-hmm. the, the ability to, to give it a shot. That's right. To try it. That's right. And so what it goes to show is you have black professionals that live out here in this state that came here because they are excellent, you know, but this is a part of their life that they haven't had exposure to. And so... This opportunity of taking advantage of the wonderful things that being on the being a, a participant of snow sports has brought to their lives and to our lives is just a it's a tremendous gift. And I think one that we just want to keep sharing with everybody. Forever. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's what skiing's all about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the 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 point that you made about you got doctors, lawyers, you have everybody. That's one of the things I've always noticed in skiing. It just brings everybody together and it just knocks down all of those yep. kind of maybe social norms. It's just we're all here to do one thing, have fun out in the snow, right? Bingo, yes, yes, bingo. Absolutely. And 
What I've noticed, the, the nature people for me out here just different. They're always joyous, yep. always happy, always smiling. How your day going? Somebody asked me how my day going. I want to say good, but the way they ask it, I want to really tell them what I have for breakfast, <laughs> what I'm going to have for lunch, and what I might cook for dinner. Mm-hmm. So that spirit, uh, we just want to continue to add to that. And I know we, you know, I just, I, I like to look beyond race. Mm-hmm. I like to look at interest and ability and exposure you know, because if we we always everything boils down to race, we're gonna always find a way to to divide one another. So the 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 snow sports, there's a culture. Each resort, there's a culture, and you know, we just want to bring our our flavor to that. Yep, well put. Mm-hmm. I love it. We're gonna take a short show break, and we will be right back on Last Chair. One of the great aspects of skiing and riding in Park City is the vast array of vacation rental opportunities from intimate slope-style inns to comfy rentals just steps from historic Main Street. This season, experience Park City's winter wonderland with Cooper Wynn Property Management, your ideal stop to find that home away from home, everything from studios to four-bedroom rentals and much more. Cooper Wynn offers a distinctive collection of Park City vacation rentals, and many are close to the Park City free bus system so you can avoid renting a car. You have a lot of choices today, but as a Park City local myself, I know the value that long-term knowledge brings, and that's Cooper Wynn. It is dumping snow in Utah right now, and that's a great time to start planning your vacation out here to ski or ride. Check out discounts available from Cooper Wynn at PCLodge.com. That's PCLodge.com. Cooper Wynn, your home away from home in Park City. Yeah, we're back on last year with Mark Giles and Demita Duncan. As I was just telling you the break, this is one of the most fun conversations I've had in a podcast. So, <laughs> so thanks. And, and you know what I really like about it is we're really getting to the roots of why all of us love to be up there in the mountain. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the National Brotherhood. We talked a little bit about that, Tomato, and then talk about our Sundays, which is a club that you formed, and then talk a little bit more about the Discover Winter Program. But, you know, with NBS, I'm going to go back, Tomato, to the, the Jim Dandy Ski Club. That was really the origins of NBS. I think that club was formed in the late 50s, and a few years later, joined up with some clubs in, I think, Colorado, which ultimately led to the the start of the National Brotherhood, now the National Brotherhood of Snow Sports. You did start that chapter. And what what, what has that meant? You're a couple of years into it right now, but what has that meant to the Black community here to to, to have this connection and, and the activities that come with it and the camaraderie? Yes. Yeah, so just for a little bit of clarity, so our Sunday started in December of 2021. So we were doing that work for a couple years. And then last September, I believe, Mark, please correct me, we w- became officially an Our Sunday Ski and Board Club as part of the National Brotherhood of Snow Sports. And so during that time, they were going around, oh, what's what are the club updates, right? And all these different type of things on our uh, Rocky Mountain region. Meeting. Meetings, yes, exactly. <laughs> weekly meetings. Thank you. Yeah. And so we were like, well, we had a great call with Ski Utah. So all of these things were kind of happening around the same time, which is almost maybe serendipitous in a way. But we had just had a, a conversation with the folks over at Ski Utah, and <clears throat> we had a great, a successful meeting. And they were like, okay, you're connected with this black community. 
out here. And so originally the conversation was around 25 slots at Snowbird. And we were like, okay, we think we can do this. And Tom, when I tell you, we had tremendous response to saying to folks, our Sundays has 25 slots for the Discover Winter Program. Sign up, you know. And from that point, we held an information session. This was before, this was Mark and I. I come from a world of nonprofits and higher education. So I was used to just being out in the community. And so we had an information session and 30 plus people came, including, you want to say who came? Albany. Albany of course, was there, of course. As long as well as Raymond Christie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was in the building. Who else are you thinking about? Well, that's exactly who okay. I was talking about. Okay. Raymond was Christy. a part of yes, Raymond Christie was a part of the one of the first. Correct. He was the president. That's right. He was the of president of the first NBS chapters in the state of Utah. Twenty years ago, and so having him in that room with us really felt so good because we were like, we're on the right track here, and it was almost like a symbolic passing the baton along in a way. And anyway, so that went really well. And then when the applications opened, it just, it shocked all of us. And so that's when we went back to the Ski Utah team, or excuse me, they approached us and said, you guys are getting a lot of folks to sign up through our Sundays. And they said, "Have you? what do you think about expanding it to include another resort, Elta? And we said, can we do this? And we're like, yeah, let's go for it. And we filled that bus. We filled that bus another 20, 25, slot. 25? Yep, 25 slots. So yep. 50 at Alta, 50 at Snowbird. 25 at oh, Snowbird, <laughs> 25 at <laughs> Alta. Yeah, yes. there you go. And then they opened it up for us to expand to folks that lived in other areas or closer to other areas. So we had a few, have a few at Snow Basin and a couple at Deer Valley. So that kind of just speaks to what we we're open to doing with our Sundays as an organization, expanding to the snow sports because the wintertime can be a challenge for a lot of people. And this is a way to take advantage of the wonderful things that Utah has to offer in that sense. And so, you know, instead of being at home and, you know, on the couch watching TV shows, which is great, maybe a part of that time you can be on the mountains learning something new and feeling the same euphoria that the rest of us get to try to take part in every once in a while. So how are new prospective members finding our Sundays? Is it is a word of mouth thing? Yeah, it's, it's a word of mouth. And so, yeah, like Domita said, we started in 2021 and what we started, our Sundays itself, we we did a holiday party because um, we wanted to, we, we, we work on multiple projects together, but we had a holiday party and, you know, we just threw it out there into the world and, and people showed up and we had fun. And, and the premise of it was, you know, since we're out here and the premise of, of our Sundays is to kind of make out here feel like home since we're all from, a, most, a lot of us are from different states, different places. So we still want to bring like a piece of home here. So we had a holiday party, had a good time, had fun. And I thought that was it. I was good. Tom, I was great. No more. But folks was like, okay, so when's, what, when's the next one? What's what's the next thing? When's the next thing? And from there, it turned into more. And we've done so much. And the biggest thing is the cookout that we have yearly in July at Fairmont Park, which, you know, that'll be coming up again. But it's a lot of word of mouth. And 
we literally connect with the people. Like everyone I've ever had a conversation with, I can tell you something about them. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be robust, but I could tell you something about them but beyond their name. And it's not just like it's our Sundays. They know who I am. They know who Demita is. And to me, having that notion, we have the trust of people that if we're going to do something, we're going to execute correctly and they're going to have a great time. Whether the media like to put it, whether they're here for a day or for long term, they're able to connect with us. And, and the word keeps getting out there between word of mouth and naturally social media. Yeah, but I would say word of mouth is the biggest. You're 100% right, Mark. So as it relates to social media, though, which I find incredibly interesting, people search the hashtag Black in Utah and we pop up. And so we've had multiple people send us direct messages on our Instagram account like, hey, basically, what is this about? And when's your next thing? And all the things. And so... That was that's been another way, an interesting way that we've kind of been connected with people. There was a woman. uh, This is an anecdotal story, but there was a woman who she signed up to participate in the Discover Winter program through our Sundays. And she signed up for gear distribution to pick up all of her things. And I'm sorry. Oh, no, don't be sorry, please. I just want to add the young lady she's about to tell you about. She moved here in January. I just want to give a little bit. Moved here in January, but the the Discover Winner applications opened and closed in November. Just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. You got it. All right, cool. So she comes to your distribution and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to come yesterday, but my car hadn't made it here yet. And I'm like, what do you mean your car had, hadn't made it here yet? I just, she had only been in Utah for a week. She had moved to Utah from Florida and had been in the state for a week and her car was getting shipped here. She found out about our Sundays through social media, was behind the scenes keeping track of what we had going on, signed up for the Discover Winter Program. In November. In November. Moved here in January. January. She signed up before she even moved here. Yes. Because she, yes. One one note is that, speaking with her, is that she had another opportunity another state that she could move. She chose Utah because she saw saw such a thriving black community out here. Mm-hmm. And through when she media. through social media and when she saw there was like things going on where she can be involved in and, and people she can meet and connect with, mm-hmm. it just helped shift her here. That's right. Absolutely. And so I think now she's going into her fourth week of lessons with the Discover Winter Program at Snowbird. And, you know, she's going to be going on a cabin trip with us in March. So, I mean, I think it just speaks to your question is just it goes back to building community, looking at community as a conduit for retention across the state and being, I think, intentional about the partnerships that we have, being thoughtful about the opportunities that we're able to share with uh, the, the broader community as well and just really just serving as I think I like to think of us as the friend that you had, but you hadn't talked to in a while, but you know that they're there anytime you pick up the phone and call. So, yeah, that's what our Sundays is about. That's the essence of what we do and who we are as an organization. And it's cool and it's very cool that <clears throat> although we, we started here, we're based here, here's where all the activities happen. We're able to reach people or people are able to reach us from other states Mm -hmm. to help make their decision to either come and visit or become a resident. Mm -hmm. 
That's powerful. Yeah. When, when, I, when I went to your website, which is excellent, <laughs> what was interesting to me was that skiing wasn't front and center. It was about people and about social and, and, and culture. And, and it just really struck me again, you know, this perspective of what skiing does. Part, a small part of it is going on skis or boards down a mountain, but the bigger part of it is all the people and the camaraderie. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it. So it's almost like skiing and snowboarding just fit perfectly right into the work that we were doing. It's like, oh, that makes sense to add that in as a part of the our programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's and that's just the winner. We, Tom, we, we might have to come back and talk about the summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm waiting for the date of the Fairmont Park uh, party in July. We got yeah. you. We got you. <laughs> Um, I I, I, want to, as we wind down here, talk a little bit more about Discover Winter. One of the things that struck me when Ski Utah came out with this program was while everybody else is putting together kids programs, Ski Utah decided to go the adult route. That was a big difference maker, wasn't it? I think so, for sure. You know, in in many spaces, being an adult, your attention span is, is better. You're able to make better decisions. So... Being this is what for folks 18 and above, when they make that decision, and, and there's a lot of commitment that come with it. You have to travel. You have to spend pretty much all day, whatever day you're part of the program to be up on the slope. So it's definitely a big commitment. But, I mean, even to see adults try something new is, is just a great it's, a, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. And then being a product of the program and alum of the program, it was great to feel and to have this opportunity to say that, yeah, you know, of course, kids have many opportunities. Sometimes maybe those may have limited opportunities, but we notice that there's a what's a good word? There's a, a space where adults can can come together, thrive and uh, be a part of you know, the ski industry, the snow sports industry. One thing that that I've heard a lot on the bus coming up and down the mountain is it ignited that feeling of being a kid again Mm. and just the excitement of trying something new in a way makes you feel a little more more alive. Mm. That cold air hitting your face and you're a little wobbly at first, but, you know, you're kind of like a you're learning something new, so you're kind of wobbly, and then you figure out how to just stand on all fours. And, you know, it's, it's you, you, Bambi. you, right? Exactly. You, you find your bearings, and so, yeah. But I've heard that a lot, and across age spectrum, it's that feeling of oh, and then I can do this. It's that self discovery again of I can try something new, maybe not be good at it as at first, but maybe I can actually get there. And so I had an opportunity to go. And do a green run with a group that was separating themselves from the pack a little bit, which was great for them. And just seeing that look on their face and how excited they were and then getting back on the bus. I'm like, well, you're going to come. You're going to come back next week. They're like, I'll be back next week, yeah. you know, because they had such a great time. And, you know, something I've not I could say this two ways, but I'll say there's something I've, I've yet to see is a frown. Everyone's had a step smiles all over throughout even when the closest thing i've seen to a frown will be someone just trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. right because you're focused and you're trying to maybe click into your boot or you're trying to you know get your carve down right and and turn or fix figure out the pizza french fry when they were at that stage Mm -hmm. but it's been smiles throughout throughout 
Boy, that really sums up the sport. I, I want to, um, we're going to get to our fresh tracks here in just a second, but just one more question to you looking into the future. And I was trying to think of how to best phrase this. And I think what I'd like to do is ask each, each of you, what do you want to do in skiing that you haven't done in the next five years, Mark? Ooh, you wasted no time. So <laughs> I want to, I mean, naturally I want to get better. One of my I, I definitely, I've yet to do a black run. So I want to get comfortable in blacks. So right now I'm doing blues comfortably. I would like to get comfortable in blacks. And a goal, I would like to be able to ski backwards. I think that's the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's my. Tomato? You know, I want to do a lot more blues. And I, a part of me is curious about moguls and, you know, just kind of traversing through those. And I also want to, I think, learn how to teach, maybe, perhaps. Maybe there's something there. I'll be getting my level one certification in Big Sky in a couple weeks. You're doing a PSIA certification? That's right. Awesome. Yes. Thank, you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about how to teach this sport um, to beginners I was once there, so I want to pass that along to other folks. And uh, that's what I look forward to, doing more blues, trying out some moguls, and learning how to maybe be a teacher at this. I love that. I, I, I'm teaching my three-year-old great-granddaughter right now, wow. so I may call on you. Yeah, there this we go. is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us. This has just been a joyous uh uh, conversation. We're going to move into our fresh tracks now. I've got a few quick questions. Just looking for short, simple answers if there is one. The first one is, you know, what's your favorite Utah ski run now? Okay, Mark's looking at Demita, so Demita's going to go first. Okay, <laughs> okay. your favorite Utah ski run. All right, at Elta, off of Supreme, Upper Big Dipper, that and it comes into rock and roll. I enjoy it. It's a it's a nice blue, and it takes me to the top of the mountain, and I just I enjoy it. Beautiful. Mark? For me, I would say Dare Valley homebound because it's an easy cruise and it's beautiful views. You know, the view is a big part of a favorite run, isn't it? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Okay, favorite opera spot, Mark? Dare Valley again. Best food, what is it called? Regis? Regis? St. Regis. 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 I had food there. That best, was beautiful. Best hot chocolate. <laughs> best, best, best eggs, everything. Best toast, everything. <laughs> I would say the dodo, to be honest, and I know it's it's far, but after I I finished up at Alta or in Little Cottonwood or Big Cottonwood, I like a really good bowl of soup, and so the dodo has great soup. And I know that's not a typical prey place, but no, but it's an awesome thought. You know, it gets you down to Sugar House. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna throw one in here. I'll go with you first, Mark. The best tailgate breakfast: eggs pancakes for me I, I like fruit so i'll throw some <laughs> some avocado and tomatoes in there i'm simple i'm really simple and orange juice on the side tomato best tailgate breakfast all right some buttermilk pancakes couple pieces of bacon and definitely an egg fried hard and i'd agree some orange juice or one more or chai tea Orange juice or chai yes. tea, I'm happy. Yes. Warm or cold, but orange juice or chai tea. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious, though, about the recipe on the buttermilk pancakes. <laughs> Please share with us what In the show the notes, main. can we put the you know, recipe for the buttermilk pancakes? I might be able to hook you up, Tom. I might be able to send <laughs> over that recipe. I love pancakes. Huh? <laughs> but, you know, buttermilk is a key, though. You have yes. to use buttermilk. Oh, yeah, have, have to. have to use buttermilk. Hey, best tailgate lunch, Mark. 
Lunch? Who lunch, 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 lunch? Hold on, we might have to go to the meter. I don't I don't have lunch set up. Okay, well I do. At Deer Valley, I like the turkey chili. It is a classic for me. I will do that. Yeah, I mean I will go soup. I'll go slice of pizza. And that's if I'm still skiing. I will go very light if I'm still skiing. This is really smart. Runs. So my recent trip, I normally I, I, I live in a ski town, so I go out and ski for an hour and a half. So I don't generally do lunch up in the mountain. But when I was in Europe, I'm doing that. Light, nice bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. Bowl of soup. That's the perfect way to do it. Okay, we're going to close it out. The accomplishment in the sport of which you are the most proud. Mark? Learning. Just learning. Yeah. I'm here. I'm able to do it. Um, and I'm enjoying it. And all of that because I learned. Demita's still thinking. I would have to say... I'm most proud about my breath control and my lower body control, feeling more comfortable doing that when I'm doing a steep blue. That's what I'm most proud about at this point. I used to get super nervous, but now I take a deep breath and I just own it. And that feels good when I make it all the way down. So, Mark and Demita, I've so enjoyed this conversation and you you've helped to kind of bring out what all of us found in skiing and why we got there. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you for having us, Tom, very much. And we'll put in the show notes the date of that Fairmont Park Park. So, let's make, uh, yeah, let's so do it. We can get on that. So Mark Giles, Demita Duncan, thanks so much for joining us on Last Chair. Thanks to Mark Giles and Demita Duncan. I had not met them before the interview, and I came away myself with a really refreshed attitude towards skiing, a sport I've loved for years. You can learn more about Ski Utah's Discover Winter Program at SkiUtah.com. And Our Sundays has a great website as well at OurSundaysSLC.com. Before we go, let me clue you in on a special Utah secret. If you're trying to find a base location for your adventure to Park City this winter, check out Park City Peaks Hotel. Let's start with location, offering easy bus or shuttle access to the resorts and a host of cool local restaurants in walking distance. Park City Peaks has a mid-century design aesthetic to provide an at-home vibe as an independent modern mountain hotel. The centerpiece of Park City Peaks is the Versante Hearth and Bar, known for handcrafted wood-fired pizzas and street breads, pastas, and so much more. I consider it to be one of Park City's best hotel bars, blending locals and visitors together. Breakfast buffet, complimentary yoga every Thursday, hot cocoa and cookies every afternoon, hot tubs, ice skating, the list goes on. Make Park City Peaks your choice this winter. Check it out at parkcitypeaks.com. The Ski Utah Last Chair podcast is brought to you by High West Distillery. Follow our whiskey adventure on all social media platforms at Drink High West. And remember, sip responsibly. High West Whiskey, 46% alcohol by volume. High West Distillery in Park City, Utah. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend and leave us a review. And make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Close this out. Let's welcome back our friends Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. I'm Tom Kelly for Last Chair, presented by High West. Have fun. It is a great day to ski. Oh, I love to ski. I'm living in Utah. I'm living in Utah.